Peckle Park, a new beginning. Let's go. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Baby said she wanna go to the game. Taught her how to say Padre gang. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Mitchell and Ness with the old school name. All of the homies holler Padre gang. Yeah, that's the. Good day, everybody. Welcome to episode 181 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. I am your host, Ben Fadden, coming to you today for the Padres kick off a mini two-game series, a six-game road trip against the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Los Angeles Dodgers in Phoenix and in Los Angeles. Dennis Lynn of The Athletic came out with a pretty interesting mailbag. Uh, talking about a variety of topics. Joe Musgrove, uh, would they re-sign Shaw Maniah, the Padres? Clevenger, would they rather trade him over Blake Snell? What else is in here? Would AJ actually trade for more starting pitching at the deadline, even though they have like seven starting pitchers? Are there concerns about Gore's fastball velocity? Uh, the pitching depth. Jose Ramirez, going back to that, and who the Padres were going to be giving up if the Guardians weren't able to reach that contract extension with Jose Ramirez. He talked about a lot of stuff. Esther Ruiz, the timeline for him, I talked about that a couple weeks ago with MLB.com's prospect guru, Jim Callis, so you can check that out if you want to. Uh, but Dennis Lynn of The Athletic here, was this today? I think this was today. Yeah, four hours ago. Credit to him, a really good mailbag, good questions asked by Padre fans, and our fan base got, we got a, a very intelligent fan base, I'll definitely say that. What's up, Irie, I see you in the chat here. I was not planning on doing this episode today, I was just going to do the pregame show, but I saw this mailbag, there were some interesting notes in there, and so I wanted to give my thoughts on it and discuss it and see what other Padres fans thought. Uh, by the way, before we get started, with what Dennis said, this episode is brought to you by Gaglion Bros, famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries. They're located inside Petco Park the entire San Diego Padres season when they're playing at Petco Park. Um, down the third baseline is their main stand across from the Bally Sports pregame and postgame booth. Uh, they're also located in Point Loma and in Mission Gorge. You can visit gaglionbros.com to be their entire menu. Great cheesesteaks and garlic fries. I gave some free sandwich cards away a couple weeks ago. And a Manny Machado bobblehead as well that the head guy, Joe Gaglione, gave to me to give away. So um, more giveaways hopefully will be coming. And so stay tuned for that. And hopefully you can go get yourself a nice meal before the Padres take on the Diamondbacks tonight. All right, getting to um, this mailbag. And I'll go in order. It's on The Athletic right now, so you can go look it up if you want to. Uh, but there was questions. Billy asked Dennis, why hasn't the front office re-signed Joe Musgrove yet? And that's obviously a big topic of conversation. Why are the Padres not being more serious with the Joe Musgrove extension? And maybe I didn't put that correctly there. I'm sure that they're serious about it, but it doesn't seem like their offers are that serious about it. Um, and so that's I on Twitter, if you're on if you see me on Twitter, follow me on Twitter at Talking Friars, you know that I'm big on extending Joe Musgrove. Uh hopefully I'm one of the leaders of that campaign, uh, if you will. 
Um, and I definitely think that he deserves whatever he wants. He is San Diego. I've said it so many times. This guy is San Diego. He grew up here. He wants to be a Padre. And it's not like he's pitching like Blake Snell and he's asking for $25, $30 million a year. We don't even really know what Joe Musgrove's asking for. What we do know is the offer that they gave Musgrove or offered him uh, at the beginning of the season was like $11 million a year, which is laughable. That's a contract that you give like Blake Snell. You know, you don't give it to someone that could be starting the National League All-Star game this year at Dodger Stadium. You give $25 million to the guy that's starting an All-Star game, right? That could start the All-Star game. You give maybe $26, 27000000 million. You know, if they have to go, I don't know how many years, but that offer, that $11 million a year offer for, uh, I think it was eight years, $88 million. So the Potters are obviously willing to give him eight years like that. So why should Musgrove be like, no, it's fine. I'll, I'll, I'm fine with five years. Why should he do that? If he wants to remain a Padre, the team already offered him eight years. Why should he stray from demanding from the Padres, you give me eight years at $25 million a year, you know? Um, that was my thoughts on it before getting to what Dennis said here. So why hasn't the front office re-signed Joe Musgrove yet was what Billy asked. And Dennis said the two sides are closer than they were in April. We already kind of knew that because of the incentive-laden report that we got a couple weeks ago. I think it was from Kevin Acey. Uh, but he said, but there still appears to be a gap in perceived value. Is Joe Musgrove a number one or two starter? You could argue he has more to prove, but he probably would get paid like a number two starter on the open market. By some indications, the Padres' latest offers peg him closer to a number three starter. That right there is alarming to me. If they're still offering him number three starter money, first off, I guess you kind of got to ask, okay, what is number three starter money? Is that $15 million a year? You know, what is that, right? Like Kershaw right now for the Dodgers, what is he making this year? I don't know if that's a, a great comparison, but he's someone that stood out who he's not the ace of the staff. That's Walker Bueller. I know Bueller's hurt. He's at the end of his career. But what are the what are the what are the Dodgers? Okay, so they have him at 14 million. So I feel like that's kind of what a number three starter on a really good team could get, right? So let's say that what Dennis is saying there, that they're offering number three starter money, it's like 15 million a year. That's not good enough. On the open market, I'm confident that he would be able to get $25 million a year from someone, at least. I think there's teams out there. We saw the Yankees give Garrett Cole, what was that, $30 million a year? It was something like $36 million a year or something crazy for Garrett Cole. And the Yankees knew going into this contract that they knew that that end of that contract is going to suck for them. But they still gave it to him. So you're telling me another team out there isn't going to be willing to offer Joe Musgrove $30 million a year short-term salary or on a short-term contract? I think a team would be willing to do that. If he, again, and this might not happen, but if he continues to pitch the way that he's pitched the majority of this season, all but like one start, his last start, 
Uh, I think he could get definitely 25 million and somewhere between 25 and 30 million, maybe even 30 million. Might not, it's probably not going to be eight years at 30 million a year, but I think it could be five years at 30 million, go 150. I think a team would be willing to do that. Um, what else did Dennis say here? You know, pegging him closer to a number three starter. Yeah, that's what I was getting to is, and that's what I was talking about already. $15 million is probably what that is then. Incentive laden, that, that's not good enough. Joe has every right to want the guaranteed money, you know? Uh, and Dennis makes up, some, he brings up good points. The Padres have other considerations that could be influencing their proposals. For 2023, they have $110 million committed to eight players. Eight players, those eight players account for luxury tax figure of about $123 million. So that would leave the Padres, what, 80, a little over $80 million, uh of room for the luxury tax, right? Uh, filling out the rest of the roster at a reasonable cost won't be easy. Whether or not Musgrove stays, the Padres might need to acquire two other starting pitchers because Clev could leave, Manaya could leave in free agency. That's what he's pretty much saying there. Profar could opt out of his deal after having a good year so far. Myers is a free agent. So there's, there's definitely a lot of other moves that A.J. Preller might have to make other than Musgrove. But starting pitching wins, right? You look at the Nationals in 2019 in their World Series the starting pitching was what won them that World Series. Sure, Wanso hit a, hit a big home run. Ryan Zimmerman hit some home runs. Sure, they had a good offense. Rendon, Trey Turner, they had a great offense, actually. But Steven Strasburg came in and shoved in Game 7, or excuse me, Game 6, to get it to a Game 7, right? Max Scherzer came in into a Game 7 with that stiff neck, and he pitched his butt off. So starting pitching, pitching in general, is what wins you a World Series. If you don't have strong pitching, you could have a strong offense all you want, but the other team's offense is going to be as good if you don't have good pitching. And Joe Musgrove qualifies not just good pitching, he qualifies under the great pitcher category right now. And he, if the Padres go far this year, Joe Musgrove, I think, is going to be a huge, huge part of that. He is the best starter in the National League, in my opinion, this year, has been at least. And he definitely has a strong case to be starting the National League All-Star game. So $15 million a year. And look, I'm just guessing. I'm not, I don't have sources. I'm not trying to act like I'm this reporter with sources. Uh, I'm not trying to act like I know the, the latest contract offer. I talked to Peter Seidler last week in person at Petco Park, and he told me that the Musgrove extension is just going to take time. You just got to trust him. That, that's pretty much what he told me. And... I understand that it's going to take time, but I think he would agree. I think I would agree. You guys in the chat here, everyone listening, podcast, YouTube, everyone would agree that $15 million a year with incentives, if that's what it is, I'm just guessing because that's probably what a three-starter on a really good team might make per year. That's not good enough. I think it really has to be $20, $25 million if Musgrove is willing to be nice at least $25 million if they want him to not be in free agency. So that was some inter interesting stuff that Dennis Lynn said about Musgrove. He also, like I mentioned earlier, talked about Shamanaya and him possibly being extended. Uh, and we'll get to that. I did want to get some comments here. I see some people in the chat talking about this Musgrove stuff. 
Quan says Padres ownership is sleeping at the wheel and about to not low ball, but going to drop the ball on this one. I still believe that they won't drop the ball right now. It feels like they are because of the offers. It's just not good enough. But this is what I also want to warn you guys. This is what negotiations are, right? You offer the team is going to offer low. The player is going to aim for the moon. And then they're going to try to find a middle ground, right? And this, you know, Musgrove isn't someone that is going through these extension negotiations and saying, I want to be here, I want to be here, but doesn't really want to be here. He's just saying that so it's, you know, fans don't get mad at him. And then he's going to go to free agency and not come back, right? That's not what Joe is doing. He actually wants to be here, but he knows that he's pitching his butt off. He's pitching the best that he's pitched in his career. He's getting better every year. He was the only starter that was healthy on the Padres the entirety of last season. He is super valuable. Whenever he walks out of the dugout at Petco Park, fans giving him, you know, they give him standing ovations. He knows that he has the leverage here and he deserves the money. That's what his approach is. So can't be mad at Musgrove. Can be a little mad at the Padres ownership and Preller and who's ever making these offers. But it's still is early, kind of early in the negotiation process. And like Peter Seidler told me last week at Petco, it's just going to take some time. All right, get into more in the chat here. Yeah, and I read gives a, it, it's a good point. If they resign him now, it's definitely going to be top dollar. But, you know, do you expect Musgrove's performance to fall off a cliff? I don't. Yeah, Irie says a good ace is like $25 million if he wins Cy Young. If he wins Cy Young, I think it would be higher than that. And if he wins Cy Young, that means that they haven't extended him yet. You know, they haven't extended him yet, so now you're going to have to boost your offer, and he's going to be in free agency anyway then. Because those awards, those happen, I know they're, they're voted on at the end of the season, but those are given out like after the World Series, right? I'm pretty sure on MLB Network. Yeah, they're going to have to go higher than the five-year 100 million, Quan, that you're saying there in, that, in the chat. Going to have to be higher than that. All right, so the second topic that Dennis Lynn uh, was asked, uh, this guy's name, Kyle, uh, in his mailbag in The Athletic, was about Shamanaya. Everyone's talking about Joe Musgrove, possible extension, and he should be the first priority, obviously. Um, he is the ace of the staff from San Diego, all that stuff. And a fan asked, is, is there a chance the Padres extend Shamanaya's contract before they lose him in free agency this offseason? And it's a good question. I initially thought, no. Um, would Preller offer him something? Sure, but it would be a, a low offer. And Manaya is a Scott Boris client, so I just don't see that happening. And that's what pretty much Dennis Lynn said here. He said, the Padres do love what he's brought, but any attempt to extend Shamanaya figures to be difficult. We already touched on San Diego's payroll picture, and Manaya's agent, Scott Boris, tends to take high-profile clients to free agency. Manaya would be one of the best starting pitches available if he reaches free agency. 
He's durable, effective, and left-handed. He doesn't turn 31, 31 until February, and he would fit well in any clubhouse. Mania, excuse me, uh, Melvin loves Manaya, but it might require Musgrove landing elsewhere if they were to extend Manaya. And that's a very easy answer for me. If, if the question is Manaya or Musgrove, sorry, Sean, the answer is Musgrove easily. Sorry. You know, Shamanaya, right now, what is he to the pot? Is he their four starter behind Musgrove, Darvish, Gore? Right? He's their four starter. So, would you rather have the best starter in the National League, arguably, this year on your team, who is only getting better, or would you rather have who the guy who is probably your fourth starter right now in an extension? Sure, the Manaya extension is going to be cheaper, but... Scott Boris has a history of wanting his guys to go to free agency. So if you want to bank on extending Manaya, Boris isn't going to make that easy. And then you're turning your focus away from the guy that you should be extending in Joe Musgrove to the guy that, okay, I'd be fine with them extension, extending him. I like Manaya, but he's just not on the level that Joe Musgrove is. You know? And yeah, good point here in the chat. Mito Machine says Manaya is closer to the five years, $100 million than Musgrove is. I would agree to that. I think that Manaya is more of like the $15 million a year type guy, the three starter in free agency. And Musgrove is more the 25, 30 a, a guy uh, in free agency. And, and so definitely the Padres would be going with the cheaper option if they had Manaya. But the Padres are not shouldn't be in the business of who's the cheaper guy, let's go extend this guy. That's not what they should be doing right now. The Padres are in prime contention. Their window of contention that people talk about, they are in that right now. So there's no reason at all for them to be penny-pinching and for Peter Seidler, who is given Fernando $340 million, is given Manny $300 million, is still absorbing the Hosmer contract, right? Uh, you know, they brought in Bob Melvin in an out-of-the-box move. Willing to do all of this, and then now you, you have the ace on your team, one of the best pitchers in baseball on your team, and now you're going to be penny-pinching? That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Fans are packing the stands. They're getting a lot of money, making a lot of profit, bringing in a lot of revenue, tickets, jersey sales, the shop, all of that stuff. All that stuff, excuse me, this is not the time to be saying, Manaya is the cheaper option, let's go extend him over arguably the best pitcher in baseball. It's just not. Um, so that was one of Dennis Lynn's questions that he answered. Uh, another one was, Clev looks like the most likely pitcher to be traded since he's a potential free agent and the Padres probably won't re-sign him, right? Karen asked this to... Dennis Lynn. And my answer to this, I would think that Clevenger would have been the most likely guy that they would be willing to trade because Blake Snell, who was the other option in this answer, is, isn't a free agent until the end of next season. And I know Blake Snell, he hasn't been great this year. He's been madly inconsistent. He's been Amazing some innings and then just can't finish his outing, right? We saw that in this Phillies last start that he made with 
hitting Harper, and then in the fifth inning just being trash, right? We, we've seen that. But next year, you know, doomsday scenario, Musgrove's not brought back, Clev's not brought back, and Manaya walks, or excuse me, Manaya stays. Let's say one of the three stays. Let's say the scenario I hope happens. I'm not saying I hope that Manaya and Clev aren't here. I'm not, I don't want to say that. But if you're going to extend Musgrove and go out, all out for him, you're probably not going to bring back both Clev and Manaya, or maybe either if they're comfortable with Morahone being in the rotation, right? So let's say they bring back Musgrove and they have to fill two spots in the rotation now. So you got Darvish, you got Musgrove, you got Snell, you got Morahone, who fills one of those spots from Clev and Manaya. So now you have, need a fifth starter, right? But if you trade away Snell and Clev and Manaya walk, Okay, now you have to fill two spots. Are you comfortable having Ryan Weathers fill one of those spots? Are you comfortable with Reese Kinnear filling one of those spots right now? Who are probably the two likely guys there? Nick Martinez, I forgot to mention him. If he continues this way, do you think he could get more than, what, $7 million a year on the open market? I think so. So if he opts out, he's not a, a option in the starting rotation. So now, all of a sudden... Did I not say Gore? I thought I said Gore. Musgrove, Darvish, Gore, Morahone. I'm saying if Martinez leaves, if Manaya leaves, if Clevenger leaves, you'd have those four guys, right? You need to fill that fifth spot. Right? If Snell leaves, if you were to trade Snell, sorry, I'm making this confusing because there's just so many names. The guys... The Padres have so much pitching depth right now that, uh, but it could not be that much. It could crumble by the start of next season. And so trading Snell away while he hasn't been that consistent, I still want to believe in him. And he's still a guy that can pitch in the big leagues next year if the doomsday scenario happens, you know? Um. But Dennis Lynn said that the Padres would rather trade Snell if if Preller wants to move anyone at all, is what Dennis said here. I want to make that clear. The Padres would be willing to trade. They prefer to move Snell over Clevenger. He's making $5 million more now than Clevenger, which would save the Padres $5 million more, theoretically, in a trade. But at the same time, that also means that if he's making $5 million more, and he's not performing up to the level of his contract, maybe the Padres don't get back as much as they would want. Uh, it would be selling low on Snell is what Dennis Lynn said, but the Padres want to clear payroll for other needs. As for Clevenger, there might be a small, a decent chance he actually extends with the Padres, re-ups with San Diego. I don't know if I'd be totally in on that just because of his injury history, uh, but the good thing, if he does get extended then it probably would not be too pricey, right? Because of those injury woes, those injury concerns. Um, Lynn, Lynn also mentioned Ruben Niebla. That's Clev's favorite pitching coach. To the original question, though, Snell and Clev appear to be the likeliest trade candidates in the rotation. A.J. Preller remains unpredictable, but I think he would rather move Snell if he wants to move anyone at all. So again, if... If he wants to move anyone at all is the important thing there. But he would rather move Snell probably than Clevenger. And 
I would probably move Clevenger over Snell, but I, I think other teams might want Snell over Clevenger with the injury concerns. And I think when a team acquires a guy that hasn't been pitching well, but they've seen him have success before, they think he can they can get him back to that success. That's just teams kind of, you know, with their ego and all that. So I could see teams thinking, we can fix Snell. We can have him for this year and next year. Let's go do that, right? So I think he could be more appealing than club to other teams. Going through some more comments here before getting to the next question. Quan says, I think Martinez is more likely to be traded since he can opt out. Okay, uh, but Clev is a free agent at the end of the year, so they'd be in the same two situations there, Martinez and Clevenger. And I think the Padres probably believe that Nick Martinez is more durable than Clevenger, so Martinez would probably be more appealing to the Padres to keep than Clevenger if you were to trade one of the two at the trade deadline. Hopefully you understand what I'm saying there. Irie says, like that picture you posted of Blake running the bleachers after that game. Yeah, it, well, technically it was after the game. But yeah, I posted, I was in line for the Padres photo day like an hour before the gates opened. Still kind of irked that I wasn't able to go. On the Padres side, they, the Padres lady there on the warning track forced me to go to the Philly side so I didn't get pictures with the guys that I wanted. Um, anyway, yeah, the picture that I posted of Blake Snow running the ramps at Petco so if you're at the East Village Gate, right, you turn or you look left, you see the ramps. And he, I looked up, and he was running the ramps. So I took a picture of that, posted that, got a lot of people having some actually funny comments there on Twitter about that. Uh, is this running going to help his curveball? I wish he was running uphill, up the ramp, because I post when I posted, he was running down the ramp. I didn't see him run up the ramp, but in order to get up there, I assumed that he was running up. I just didn't look over probably until he was running down the ramp. But I like that he's doing it. It probably just is his next day after a start routine, but it still shows that he's getting his work in, right? And he wants it. You know, post-game, he's a funny guy, and post-game, he isn't that funny because he is pissed off that he isn't performing the way that he wants to. But after his last start, I think I said this on the series reaction episode uh, after the Philly series on uh, Sunday, Bob Melvin said it too. I think this was the best that Blake Snell has looked this year. And I really, really think that he can build off of it. I know that fifth inning was bad, but at the same time, I mean, if you look at that first through the fourth inning, yeah, he hit Harper, but he got, people don't want to mention this, but he got the double play in the fourth inning to end that inning. You know, the fifth inning, he just didn't have it. He was leaving breaking balls over the middle of the plate, but like an eight-pitch first inning, like there's signs there that he can do that. It's just a matter of if he can do that for five or six innings instead of four innings, and then the fifth inning be, you know, crap, right? Um, Irie thinks Clev will sign a prove-it deal. I thought that was, I thought the prove-it deal was what, this year was supposed to be though so i don't know maybe he signs like a two-year deal or maybe he signs a one-year deal i guess that would be a prove it deal too uh again i'm open to having clevenger come back next year but if that if it's at if it's meaning that musgrove doesn't come back because they're focused on extending clevenger 
I don't think that's the best thing that the Padres should be doing right now. All right, the next question. Did I go through this? Yeah, I went through that one. Uh, the next question was from Brian. This Again, this is, if you're just tuning in, this is from Dennis Lynn's mailbag article. So it wasn't my mailbag or anything. Props to him uh, for doing this. I just had some reaction to it, and I think this would generate a good conversation here. There's a good amount of people here commenting in the chat with their thoughts. So hopefully you guys are enjoying this episode. Uh, and I encourage you to follow the social media channels at Talking Friars on Twitter. That's where I'm the most active and posting all of the rumors and stuff. I know some people don't have um, cable, so I post the in-game highlights there for games that I'm not at, like I'll be doing tonight or I should be doing tonight. Uh, I post some stuff that like Dennis Lynn or Kevin Acey say in their articles because I know some people don't pay for those. Um, so I think that's a really good follow at Talking Friars on Twitter. That's my Twitter handle for all my Padres thoughts. And then you subscribe to this Talking Friars YouTube channel. Trying to get, um, excuse me, trying to get to those 1,000 subscribers because there have been some people that have wanted to implement those super chats and I have to get to 1,000 subscribers to do that. I'm not big on, you know, plugging my channel every five minutes of, an, of a live stream or an, a video. I just don't do that because I don't do it for the money. Uh, if you want to be a part of the channel and give your thoughts. I appreciate it. I, I do it because of you guys. I don't get paid for the pregame shows I do. I don't get paid for the bullpen charts I put out before every game. I don't get paid, um, you know, for a lot of this stuff. Um, but I do it because I love talking Padres and I love talking uh, Friars with you guys, right? Um, all right, getting to the next question here, Dennis Lynn. Uh, Brian asks, with the question marks regarding Snell and Clev, do you think AJ may actually be thinking about acquiring more starting pitching at the trade deadline? Uh, that's an interesting question. I don't think that the uh, at the trade deadline, starting pitching should be his number one focus. But it, we know that AJ Preller likes thinking outside of the box, right? And... From what Dennis Lynn says, it definitely feels like A.J. Preller is interested in acquiring more starting pitching. And two of those names that Dennis Lynn mentioned were Luis Castillo of the Reds, who Preller has already acquired, and then Frankie Montas, who Bob Melvin managed, and Ryan Christensen coached, and Matt Williams, and guys like that, because former A's, and Manaya's former teammate, right? Uh, Lynn said it's definitely a consideration, especially for a starting pitcher controllable beyond this year. The Padres have three of those on their roster, Snell, Darvish, and Gore. Those three are the ones that are controllable. Uh, Musgrove, Cleb, Manaya, free agents. Martinez uh, can opt out after this season because his, con his full contract is full player. It's a player contract. I don't understand why the Padres gave him all these opt-outs, uh, especially when they were the ones giving him probably the most money on the free agent market, but that's what they did. So he is not technically on the roster next year. He can be. Um, he also, Lynn says the New York Post recently reported the Padres have interest in Luis Castillo, who has another year of control. That wouldn't be a surprise. The Padres acquired Castillo in 2016, but then they had to return him to the Marlins in that Colin Ray deal because Colin Ray injured his elbow. Castillo was then dealt to the Reds, and he's now established himself as one of the bright young pitchers in the game. 
Uh, Frankie Montas was the other one, like I mentioned. He's under control through 2023. For any pitcher with similar talent, the acquisition costs could be daunting. Starting pitching is in demand across the league, is what Lynn said. And I agree with this point. The Dodgers, I think, are in better position to acquire a guy like Luis Castillo or a guy like Frankie Montas. They have, I think, a better farm system. They've shown in the past that they are willing to make those big type of moves that Preller was not willing to make at last year's trade deadline, right? He wasn't able to trade. He wasn't able. He wasn't willing to trade. You know, Robert Hassel for Joey Gallo, or he wasn't willing to part with C.J. Abrams uh, in the Scherzer deal. I believe that's what the, the Nats wanted. The Dodgers actually parted with their one and two prospects for Scherzer and Turner. It was great that that did not work out last year. Turner might be really great in the postseason for the Dodgers this year, and it works out. Hopefully, it doesn't. But last year didn't work out, and so that's great to see the pot, the Dodgers don't have those one and two prospects. But at the same time, they still have Will Smith catching a young, right, one of the best catchers in baseball. You know, they still have a talented young group of starters: Julio Arias, Walker Bueller, Dustin May, Tony Gonsolin. Gonsolin's been really good this year, so they have the ability to deal those prospects. The Padres, on the other hand, they're counting on C.J. Abrams and Robert Hassel the third to really be a big part of this Padres team moving forward under control, cheap contracts. So I don't know if they're going to be willing. In fact, I don't think they're going to be willing to trade for Frankie Montas or Luis Castillo if that means that they have to give up Hassel or Gore, or excuse me, Hassel or Abrams because they want to keep those guys around, and they have seven starting pitchers right now that are, are good for this season. That might change, and they can readdress that in the offseason if a lot of guys leave. Obviously, you hope that doesn't happen, but if a lot of guys do leave, they can address that then, and you could get Castillo and Montas if they weren't traded already for maybe cheaper at, at a cheaper price because you're not – trading for them for an additional pennant race because the season was already would be already over. Um, so those are my thoughts on that. I don't think that Preller should be first going and looking to get starting pitching. I, I think there's been a lot of talk like Ramon Laureano, um, Andrew Benintendi. I had a, a put out a clip from the last episode on, on this YouTube channel about Benintendi. Um, I think Lakeum in the chat last episode asked me if Benintendi would be a fit. I just don't think that that would be the best. I like Profar right now in left field. He's leading off. I think that he should stay in the leadoff spot right now. And Profar's had a better season than Benintendi, and Benintendi is a left fielder. He hasn't played another position other than, uh, I think, DH or pinch hitting this year with the Royals. So... And I don't think that it would be smart for the Padres to move Profar out of left field. He's very comfortable there. He's throwing guys out, out of left field, you know. Um, so I don't think that's a, a great fit. But I think making a addition at maybe catcher, they don't want Nola anymore. Or they're, they're giving up on Nola. Uh, I still think they should give Camposano a shot. So I think maybe, depending on injuries, maybe another bullpen arm or a center fielder, I still would like to see Esther Ruiz, but if they want more of a guarantee and give Ruiz more time, 
don't want to start a service clock and all that, they can trade for a center fielder. Please don't let it be Jake Marisnik, uh like last year. Jeez, Louise. We need starting pitching, and you go out and trade for a defensive first center fielder, and you give up a guy who made it to the big leagues this year in Anderson Espinoza. You know, like, really? Did you need Jake Marisnik? No, you didn't. Still don't really understand what Preller was doing there. Uh, I don't even know how I got onto that tangent. Uh, the starting pitching, yeah, acquiring Montas and Castillo. Don't think that's going to happen for the Padres. See if there's any reaction to that in the chat. Yeah, Quan says, I don't understand why trading for starting pitching during the trade deadline to set up for next season is right, I think is what they're trying to say. You need to refortify the bullpen and the lineup for a playoff push. I agree. I think the lineup, the bottom half of the lineup especially, uh, and the bullpen should be what the Padres are focusing on right now over, you know, starting pitching. They have, they have plenty of starting pitching, I think, right now. Um, another thing Dennis Lynn talked about were the concerns about Mackenzie Gore's recent dip in fastball velocity. Not really going to talk about that much. I've already talked about that on the last episode. He was opening up, and so they're working on that, uh, trying to throw, I think, the breaking ball glove side instead of arm side to kind of force him to not open up, if that makes sense. That's pretty much what it is. There's The Padres aren't concerned about the velocity dip right now. Uh, Len said that Pomerantz and Pierce Johnson, there isn't really a timeline on him. Uh, the Padres do have the luxury of time on bullpen reinforcements. Pitching, um, you know, Pomerantz and Johnson in September and October might squeeze a compact bullpen is what Lynn was saying in this question about 13 pitchers seeming uh, troublesome with seven starters up and uh, relievers potentially returning in July and August. I think that having a squeeze in the bullpen, if that makes sense, a roster crunch in the bullpen isn't the worst thing because that means that you have a lot of bullpen arms that you think can help the team. But, I mean, Pomerantz, I saw him throwing on Sunday. Pierce Johnson was out there a little bit. There just isn't really a timeline on them, so it's kind of hard to even elaborate on anything about a bullpen crunch until those guys come back, you know? Um, all right. This was an interesting one. Connor asked Dennis Lynn, who do you think is the Padres' best trade chip in the organization when Preller eventually starts making deals? You think AJ will be quite aggressive this July? Dennis Lynn said CJ Abrams likely remains as the best trade trip, though the Padres would only include him in a deal for star caliber talent. We went round and round about this in the offseason about Brian Reynolds. Uh, you know, and him replacing Profar being the left fielder. Would you give up Abrams? I would not. I, I still would not. And when Lynn talks about you know, the a Abrams 
would only be moved. They'd include him in a deal for a star caliber talent. Who is that? Is it Juan Soto? If it's Juan Soto, I think I could maybe bite the bullet. I would still prefer Hassel to be moved over Abrams just because you just don't. I, I like Abrams' positional flexibility. I know he's been playing short a lot, but I still believe he can go play the outfield. They haven't been doing it, which I still don't understand, uh, especially in the minor leagues when guys were healthy before he got called up. But I think he could still play the outfield. I like his versatility. The big question is, okay, if they're willing to give up C.J. Abrams, do they are they like stopping and believing in him? I think they still believe in him. It's really early in his major league career. He's still building muscle. Uh, he looks jacked, by the way, but he's still building muscle, still getting that strength, still getting comfortable in the big leagues. They're not going to give up on him right now. Um, but the big question is, what is star caliber talent? You know, ESPN always had, or the New York Post, there's a lot of places where they're like, this star got in an accident, or this star is making it hard on Team X to send him down or whatever. It's like, okay, then if they're thinking about sending him down, is he a star? You know, like, what is a star? What is considered a star that the Padres would trade C.J. Abrams for? I think that star would not qualify as Ramon Laureano or Whit Merrifield uh, or Ian Happ or even Wilson Contreras. I think that the, the catching, the Potters are 15 games over 500. Nola and Alfaro, they're working. Can they be better? Sure. But right now that combination is working. I don't think Contreras would be that star you'd give up C.J. Abrams for. I, I just don't. The star, I feel... Like, it's limited. Like, Juan Soto, I, Mike Rizzo's already said he's not trading him, but he's a name that was brought up earlier this season by Buster Only. That seems like the star to me that you'd give up C.J. Abrams for. You know, he's your number one prospect. Gore's pitching really well. Well, he's, his last start, he pitched well. The two starts before that, he didn't. But he was an rookie of the year front runner. I don't know if he is now, but he's definitely up there. Rookie of the year conversation. You bring in Ruben Niebla, and look what happened. He's, he's back to the star prospect the Padres uh, thought he was going to be. I think it sometimes it just takes time. So giving up on C.J. Abrams for a guy like Brian Reynolds, maybe, I don't think that's smart. Um, but, yeah, that's what Dennis Lynn said. And if they give up Abrams, or before they give up Abrams, they also might want to make sure Tatis returned from wrist surgery as his old self before doing that. And that's obviously smart as well if they do go the route of trading Abrams. Again, you obviously know my opinion or my thoughts on that. I don't think they should part with Abrams. Uh, Lynn also said Preller will be aggressive. Not shocking. What's new there? Uh, Padres might never again have the collection of starting pitching that they do now. Meaning, this might be their best chance to go win a World Series. Because as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, starting pitching is key to winning a World Series. And they have the best rotation in baseball right now, in, in my opinion. The most, they have the deepest rotation in baseball, in my opinion. So, this is their chance to go win. You got Manny and Tatis coming back probably at some point. Hopefully, coming back to their usual selves at some point this year. We know they're going to come back. Just a matter of, are, are they going to come back to 
who we know that they can be. And then Cronenworth, can he get back to being hot? He had a rough, uh, he's had a rough kind of last week. He had a rough Philadelphia series at the plate. Um, You know, can guys stay healthy? This team has a really, really good chance of winning. I like the bullpen. People want to criticize it when Chris Mack gives up one, he goes one game this month giving up a run, and they want to, you know, criticize the bullpen. Go for it. But I'm confident in the bullpen. This team has a really good chance of winning the World Series. And Dennis Lynn makes a good point saying they might not ever again have the collection of starting pitching that they do now. They got to go for it. Uh, But at the same time, giving up C.J. Abrams, I don't know if you want to do that. I think he can help you win this year. I think he's going to be a big part in helping you win in the future as well. And I think they do have, yeah, should they make some additions? Sure. But I don't necessarily think they need a superstar to come in to still to uh, be able to go win a World Series this year. If you disagree, let me know. How close were the Padres to acquiring Jose Ramirez was another question Dennis answered. Uh, it's hard to say just how close they came, Dennis said, but the Padres felt they made a strong effort. Abrams likely would have head- headlined the return. Myers also was discussed. The Guardians were scouting Chris Paddock in his final Cactus League start. That was obviously before Paddock was deal- was dealt on opening day in that Taylor Rogers deal that has worked out tremendously for the Padres. Given Myers' salary, there probably was more to, to the deal in terms of Padres giving up more money, or excuse me, giving up more in a deal because Myers was making like $17, 18000000 million this year, or he is making that. And the Guardians are a rebuilding team. If they trade Jose Ramirez, they have literally no shot of doing anything. So they wouldn't want to be taking on all of that and not get more in return. If the Padres would have landed Ramirez, Dennis says the Padres could have played him at second, moved Cronenworth to a shortstop um, with Tatis Hurt and making more starts at first base uh, with Hosmer and Voigt splitting DH time. Look, Acquiring Jose Ramirez would have been amazing. He's a great player. I think the Padres would have been able to get him signed to an extension, but that's a lot of money. If they would have signed Ramirez to an extension, I don't think they're in a position to be able to go all out with Joe Musgrove. They still haven't even gone all out, by the way, with Joe Musgrove, and that's clear with the incentive-laden reports that we're seeing. But, yeah, if they would have definitely got Ramirez, great. Would have made their offense great, but... I don't think they would have been to. I don't think they would have been able to offer Musgrove 25, 30 million a year, which I think they can do if they extended Ramirez. Um, and so maybe it is a good thing that they didn't trade for Jose Ramirez. You don't give up Abrams. Everyone can be in their familiar spots on the field. And will it make that huge of a difference when Tatis and Manny come back? You still have a top of the lineup with Profar, Tatis, Manny, and Cronenworth. Like, I like that. Voight, I like that when he's on. And, you know, I know he's going to strike out. But I think I, I like that. I like what I've seen out of Alfaro. You know, I think Ramirez would have made a big difference. Excuse me, let me rephrase that. I think he would have made a difference. And he's an all-star player. But they have great pitching. Do you need to give up Abrams? Do you need to give up probably a top pitching prospect? 
just to bring Ramirez in. And he hadn't signed to an extension yet either. So I, I guess that's a possibility he would have been a free agent at some point. But um, it would have made the team better. I just don't know how willing the Padres were to give up C.J. Abrams because he would have been paid less money because uh, he's a rookie. He's on his rookie deal. And I wasn't willing to give up C.J. Abrams either. I'm not really willing to give up C.J. Abrams for anyone except if it's like a Juan Soto or someone like that. With Even like Jose Ramirez. Yeah, if we get Jose Ramirez, sure, that's cool. But like he's not Juan, he's not on Juan Soto's hitting level. And he plays third. Man, he's already there. I know you could find a spot for Ramirez. And Hosmer's a pain at first. But I don't know. I still kind of like the infield the way it is. And I think the Padres, it's not like Hosmer is going back in that deal. I think they just got to live with how the infield is right now, to be honest. Um, I saw a quote here. I thought I saw it somewhere that Preller isn't closing the door on acquiring Jose Ramirez, which is interesting. If they would have landed Ramirez, the Padres could have played him at second. Cronenworth at short, Kim on a bench roll. Cronenworth making more starts at first base when Tatis comes back. Hosmer and Voigt splitting more time at DH. I already read that. I'm just trying. I thought I saw someone post a, something where Lynn said that he wouldn't be surprised, even if even though Ramirez has a no trade clause, he still might continue to go after him. Maybe uh, maybe I read that somewhere, and it wasn't in Lynn's article. Randy asked, bottom line, can we beat L.A.? Are we as good as they are? When Tatis and Manny are healthy? Yeah, I think so. I don't believe in the Dodgers' bullpen. I don't believe as much as I do in the Padres' back of the rotation that I do compared to the Dodgers' back in the rotation, if that makes sense. And when Manny, yeah, the Dodgers might have a better lineup, but that's a pretty darn good top half of the lineup when Tatis and Manny come back. So, yeah, Randy, to answer that question, I think the Padres can beat L.A. And the rotation is better. The bullpen arguably is better, I think. I guess that's the bottom half of the lineup that maybe you have questions with. You know, like they're dealing with injuries as well. We're neck and neck with them. They didn't have Mookie Betts out for the the whole season, for the season that we played. They didn't have him out like the Padres were without Tatis. It's only recently that the Dodgers have been out with uh, without Betts due to that rib injury. And the Padres, with this said, they're still, what, a game back of the Dodgers right now? Randy says mentions LA's experience though. Okay. Hosmer has World Series experience. We've seen that what that's got in the Padres. Not a whole lot. So the Dodgers are going to be standing there in the batter's box and they're like, I have experience, so I'm going to win this matchup. No. You're a batter, you're facing the pitcher, you're just trying to you win that at bat. It doesn't matter. Your experience, I think that gets overblown. Like Sure, a manager's experience 
might be really, really good because he can, you know, know situations and how to get out of certain situations and what things are going to be like. But like a player, like you're stepping in the box and you're going to hit, like regardless of, I don't think you, like, I don't think you can be flustered by the situation. Oh, we're in the, in the playoffs facing the Dodgers. I don't think you can be flustered by the situation. You're just trying to get a hit. Same with the pitcher. Like you're out there trying to get the other batter out. You know, baseball is baseball at the end of the day. Just trying to see some other comments. Yeah, nothing else to talk about right now. The other thing, Dennis Lynn, the last one that he talked about, realistically, how far away from the big leagues is Esther Ruiz? And I had Jim Callis on Lucas F, by the way, asked this in Dennis Lynn's mailbag um, to give credit to him. I asked this question to Jim Callis, and he said that a September call-up, he was on the show a couple weeks ago, it's available on the podcast platforms and on this YouTube channel. Uh, Jim Callis said a couple weeks ago that September could be a realistic timeline. They The Padres want Esther Ruiz to get some more at-bats. And he did struggle a little bit last year in double-A, or excuse me, last year in the minor leagues, but he came up this year in double-A and triple-A, and he's hitting well. The power numbers are up, um, and it doesn't really matter what last year he did, what he's doing this year, and if the Padres think he can impact the team in center field if Grisham gets hurt or if Grisham sucks, or if Azokar gets hurt, or if they just need another center fielder because Abrams, they're not playing him there. Um, he could be a realistic option at the end of the season. And Dennis Lynn pretty much said that too. Scouts who have seen Ruiz believe he could be a late-season call-up. Lynn said his speed alone would play at the Major League level right now. To elaborate on that point, Lynn didn't say this, but uh, Zokar has speed, obviously. Uh, they, have, they have speed on the roster. Despite huge numbers and the strides he's made with his plate discipline, he still draws mixed reviews with the rest of his game. In general, upper-level minor league pitching has been bad this year, and some Potters officials would lean toward adding Ruiz to the 40-man roster this uh, in the offseason. So some Potters officials wouldn't want to bring him up this year to add him to a 40-man because then they'd have to drop a guy from a 40-man and make him available to other teams. They would rather put him on the 40-man in the offseason when roster spots open up that's pretty much what Dennis Lynn is saying there, if you get that. Still, Ruiz has legit tools and good makeup, and the Padres could use help in the outfield. A late-season call-up is indeed possible. So pretty much what, what uh, Jim Callis was telling me a couple weeks ago, not a whole lot to elaborate on there. He's been playing really, really well in the minor leagues. Pull up his stats right now. I think he's hitting, like, I think they have him hitting leadoff. El Paso and El Paso is a hitter's paradise from what I've heard. So maybe his power numbers, that isn't the best judge El Paso. Don't know if that's the best judge, but he hit well in double A too. And they keep bringing him up levels and he's playing well. Um, I'm just looking at his minor league game logs here. He got called up before El Paso's June 7th game against Albuquerque. So he's been there less than a month. 
But so far in AAA, entering today, 17 games, 87 plate appearances. He's drove a nine runs, has hit four bombs, and he's hitting 362 with a 1,097 OPS. And I believe he's playing center field. So he's been playing well in the minor leagues. I think the Padres, though, just like with Abrams, they prefer to him to get more at-bats in the minor leagues. I think that the Machado injury rushed Abrams being called up, and they kind of forced that because they needed to. If they had their choice, I think Abrams would definitely still be in the minor leagues, and he would still be with Esther Ruiz getting more at-bats and learning under Robinson Cano. Cano is still with El Paso, by the way. Yeah. Um... Any comments here? That was the end of Dennis Lynn's mailbag article. Covered a lot there. Musgrove, Clevenger, Manaya, Gore, Ruiz, Jose Ramirez. A lot of stuff there. So good job by Dennis Lynn covering that stuff in The Athletic. Gave me a lot of stuff to talk about. Gave a lot of people here in the comments stuff to talk about and ask questions and comment on. Duzertry says, anxious to see this lineup with Tatis and Machado. Players like Voight will see better pitches. I don't know. I don't know if Voight will see better pitches, to be honest. Because Voight would be hitting behind them, right? And so the pitchers aren't going to be trying to, let's get Voight out. So we'll have like two outs or something before Tatis and Manny come up. Um, and they know Voight's weakness. Like, Pitchers nowadays, they can still throw breaking balls inside the strike zone. They know that Voight swings and misses at a lot of breaking balls. So I don't know if he's going to get better pitches. He might get more pitches inside the strike zone because they're trying to attack him. But better pitches in terms of like fastballs, I don't know if he'll get better pitches. They're going to keep throwing breaking balls at him until he can prove that he can hit off of them. He had that one hot stretch this year. Definitely the Cubs series at Wrigley was part of that. He, I think he's kind of cooled down since then. He's dealing with the hammy injury. Uh, and so the Padres have given him some off days. They're kind of being a little cautious with that. And that kind of sucks that Void's dealing with it right now because the bench is not deep. Manny, hopefully, he can return today. I will be back with the pregame show uh, sometime before the game, a few hours before the game at 640 against the Diamondbacks tonight. Hopefully, Manny returns in a pinch hit roll, gets an at-bat. Uh, but right now, the bench, I mean, Grisham hasn't swung a bat. Hopefully, that's better with the shoulder. But, like, Sunday, their bench was Grisham, Voight on, you know, probably a strained hamstring. Grisham hurt with the shoulder, didn't want to get him in that bat. And one of the two catchers, Alfaro, or both catchers were playing. One of those two catchers were DHing. So they just didn't have a, a long bench at all. Um. Yeah, I re if Fernando ends up being our home run leader is what he's saying here by the end of the year, there was a serious slugging issue with this team. Yep. That's kind of what we thought was going to happen, though. At the beginning of the year, you weren't expecting this out of Profar. He's not slugging, but he's getting on base, lead off, all that. Weren't expecting anything from Osmer past April, and we've been right. And Kernelworth didn't get off to a hot start. Um, Voigt did not get off to a hot start. And so it was, it was a Manny and Hosmer show the first month and a half, probably. Month, little over a month. 
not a, and Nola doesn't have power, right? So yeah, Alfaro has been a present surprise, but it's not like he's playing. Did I just say present? He's been a pleasant surprise. He hasn't been playing every day though. Recently, his bat's been in the lineup every day, but him personally has not been playing in the lineup every day for the whole year. All right, I think that'll do it. We've reached a little bit over an hour. This has been episode 181 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Hope you guys enjoyed a lot of Padres rumors talk here on this episode. I am Ben Fadden, your host. Uh, I hope you subscribe to the Talking Friars YouTube channel for daily Padres content. At Talking Friars on Twitter, that's why where I am most active. You can ask me questions there. Also on Instagram and TikTok. This episode brought to you by Gaglin Bros Famous Cheese Steaks and Garlic Fries, GaglinBros.com. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening on the podcast or watching on the YouTube channel, whether that's live or on replay. I appreciate it. Go Padres. Have a good one, everybody. See ya.